Hey y'all, it's time to take a brew break. I'm Keela from Keela D Subcreation, sharing my favorite stories 11 points at a time. You can look forward to English major insights, fangirl freakouts, and biblical tidbits as I dive deep into fiction and nonfiction stories in any form. Now grab a brew and join me for 11Zs. Hello, everybody. We are back with 11Zs, and we are back with another one of my internet friends. Today, we are with Shanine, and we connected via Twitter a long time ago, I feel like. Yeah, I don't know. Because we've been doing our writing group for at least six months, right? I think you're right. So it had to have been way before that. Yeah. Oh my goodness, that's crazy. I remember we just had like mutual Twitter friends or something, and so you kept popping up on my newsfeed, and you know followed you followed you on Instagram whatever and then a few interactions went by and I told my husband I was like I met my best friend but she lives in Canada (laughs) (laughs) how unfair is that but that's what the internet's for for connecting people who live so far away so yes Shanine is my Canadian friend I was discussing on my how I met your mother and friends episode so before (laughs) we get into what this episode's about we need your official take what do you think about the Canada jokes and how I met your mother? <laughs> Official take, they are hilarious. <laughs> Obviously super stereotypical and like probably mostly not at all true, but absolutely hilarious. Good. Good to know. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> and you do like how I met your mother more than friends, correct? Yes. Nice. All right. Very good to know. But today we are talking about a completely different show. We are talking about Doctor Who, which is probably one of those things that we bonded over on Twitter in the early days. So tell me a little bit about your relationship with Doctor Who. How did you find it and why do you love it so much? Okay, well, probably I'd been seeing it in memes far longer than I had really known much about it. All the Super Who Lock memes and all that. For sure. Of course. And I wanted to eventually get into it because I wanted to be able to complete the Super Hulak trifecta. Yes, you have to. Um, And then my good friend eventually was like, okay, we're watching it now. And and we watched it. And now here we are. That was it. Yeah. He introduced me from the beginning of The Ninth Doctor and... Just jumped right in. Loved it ever since. Yep. Yep. Did you love it from the very beginning or did it take you a few episodes? Oh, I was in it from the beginning. I know a lot of people have a hard time, especially with like that first episode. Yeah. I'm like, yes, it is super strange, but I don't know. My kind of strange, I guess. Very cool. Very cool. Yeah, it definitely took me a few episodes. Uh, Colton made me watch it because we were dating and we were showing each other our favorite shows as you do in early relationships. And so we would watch an hour of the office, an hour of Dr. Who. And the only reason I kept going is because he was making me, but I got so into it. It was ridiculous. So into it to the fact that like the ninth doctor was my absolute favorite. And then it took me a few more episodes to get into 10. And then the 10th doctor was my absolute favorite. (laughs) took me a few episodes and so yeah it's just really interesting like that but officially obsessed now can't even help it 
Okay, so before we get into our official list, what is your 11Z's drink? Do you have one with you or what do you typically have with you? I'm going with a Rickards Red tonight. Oh, interesting. It's my go-to. Very nice. I love that. I am drinking root beer out of a frosted mug because I'm fancy like that. (laughs) So fancy. No, (laughs) although it's not frosted anymore. It was frosted for all of like two minutes. (laughs) Still counts. All righty. So today's list is 11 times we saw Jesus in the doctor. And this was inspired by a devotional episode I heard you do on the Daily Nerd Devo. So do you want to talk about that real quick or do you want to wait until we get to that part in the list? I don't want to spoil anything. Okay. Let's save it. We'll get there when we get there. But I fully want to give you credit for that one in the list which inspired um, the rest of this list. So uh, for those who have not seen Doctor Who, I think we're going to pretty much give you a generic description of the show as we go through the list, because we're talking about aspects of the Doctor, of course. I don't think it'll get too spoilery, so feel free to listen, even if you haven't seen the show. First few in the list are going to be just generic traits of the Doctor that I think are very Christ-like. And then the last few are going to be specific instances from specific doctors. So you ready? So ready. All right, let's do this. So number one is pretty much the easiest to spot Jesus trope in any fiction is death and resurrection, right? (laughs) We see it in Harry Potter and Gandalf, and definitely the doctor does this over and over again. So yeah. You want to explain kind of what that means in Doctor Who? All right. The the season finale that shocked the world, I guess, back when Doctor Who was first airing, it was a fun sci-fi show. And then suddenly the Doctor died and then was not dead and was somebody else. And everyone was very shocked. And now that is kind of the main Doctor Who premise is that he is of the race of the Time Lords and they have multiple lives that they get to live. They regenerate into new people when they die. Not new people, new iterations of themselves. Yes, for sure. For sure. So yeah, I would have loved to have been around when Doctor Who. So Doctor Who first came out in like the 60s, like black and white. Have you seen any of the original stuff? I've seen a bit. Yeah. Yeah. We've just caught some like when they come on TV and they're gold. Like I need to go back and watch all of them, but there's just so much. I mean, it started like 60, 70 years ago. So um, yeah, we're on the 13th doctor now, which means there have been 13 different actors playing this one character, which is good because it means that the show can live on for many generations because they constantly get to recast the main character while maintaining like his same core personality which is really cool so yeah and I feel like they do it different with each iteration it's not just the same story over and over which is really cool and you still feel it even though you know it's coming you still feel the weight of that death and resurrection and what it means which I think is really powerful yeah Okay. Number two is the doctor doesn't use violence or weapons. 
he uses a screwdriver. This is a very, very like deep personality trait he has is he never wants to hurt anyone. That's never his like first choice. Obviously there are some situations where people do get hurt, but it's never his first choice. He didn't come to destroy the world. He came to save the world, which is very much like Jesus. Yeah. I think in the different iterations, we do see a lot of different personality traits, but that is one thing that stays constant throughout them all is he's got a screwdriver to fix things and he's, he's always going to try and talk his way out of things before doing anything else. Yeah, exactly. He always wants to like, sometimes just naturally the, like his sidekicks or companions who are humans will want to naturally like push up against the weird alien race. Like they're terrified. They assume this is an enemy and he's like, whoa, 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 wait, (laughs) this is a life form. They have a heart and feelings. Let's figure out what's going on to make them act this way. And he'll try to like build relationships rather than just automatically assume the worst and come in shooting. But even for like his actual enemies, he doesn't want to come in shooting either. Um, Like he has this whole frenemy ship with the master, one of his like biggest enemies of all time, but they used to be best friends. And so the doctor wants to like maintain that even when the master is being horrible. So, yeah. Yeah. But I do love his, his sonic screwdriver. It'll work on anything except for wood, I believe. <laughs> yes. Still no setting for wood. Still no setting for wood. Even though it gets upgraded almost with every new regeneration. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's pretty great. Uh, which leads us into our third one, which uh, he doesn't come for the healthy, but comes for the sick. So that is obviously direct scripture that Jesus did not come to like rescue the healthy. Like all of us are sinners in need of a savior and the doctor. I mean, it's kind of complicated the way that his TARDIS works, his spaceship, which is bigger on the inside. Um, But it kind of chooses where he needs to be, even though he can set in a like specific time and date. It sometimes drops him in a different place because that's where he's needed. And he just jumps in and he's like, all right, even though I originally wanted to come do something fun, just go on vacation. Let's see if there's a problem here, if there's someone who needs help. Yeah. I mean, I think this really ties in with the screwdriver as well. Um, He always is wanting to fix things, but yeah, it's totally born out of his love for humans. Yeah. Yeah, which is so interesting because the doctor is a time lord. Like he is a race so above human. You would think he would want to hang out with his own kind and be with people more on his level, but he just loves the humans. He wants to hang out with the humans and be friends with them and take them on adventures and rescue them when they are in need. So cool. (laughs) I feel like I could write a sermon about this. (laughs) do it yes (laughs) okay so number four he rejects what is expected of him so this is just what we were talking about um the other time lords kind of think he should be more like them i even put in my notes gallifreyans as pharisees Hmm. (laughs) 
like they have these set rules and like obviously the pharisees believe in jesus they just have expectations for him to be like an earthly king right but that's not what he's there for and the time lords have expectations for the doctor to do time lordian things and he's like no i'm gonna run away from home and go party with the humans basically (laughs) yeah i think we even see it with other people that he runs into they're expecting him to fix things in a certain way and often act really shocked at how he's handling things but he knows what he's doing yeah exactly like they wanted Jesus to have an earthly kingdom, but he's like, no, I'm going to be here for 33 years. And then I'm going back home. Like, this is not where I need to be all the time. Like I have given you the tools and the direction. Now you need to take care of this place. And that's exactly what the doctor does. Even though people constantly want him to stay, he always gets back in his box and goes on to the next thing. But that's for the best. Even if they can't see it, like, that's what's supposed to happen, which is really cool. Which directly ties into my next point. Man, I wrote these in like the perfect <laughs> order. <laughs> Number five, he sends out his companions as disciples, almost leading, teaching, and loving them, pushing them out of their comfort zones, but ultimately leaving them to do the good work alone, which is so sad every time like he leaves a companion behind. Yeah. I'm like running through them all in my mind and I'm like, oh no, this is terrible. Who's your favorite companion? Clara. I knew that. (laughs) (laughs) I think, I think she's mine too, just because I think she's most like me. We have a lot in common, but I can't get over Donna. I love Donna too. (laughs) Donna. I mean, I love almost all of them Uh uh-oh almost which one do you not like (laughs) okay there's no real reason for it Martha just kind of annoys me Martha's the one I don't like either but I have reasons (laughs) (laughs) it's because she is like so obsessed with the like with having a crush on the doctor like even though Rose loved him It was second, you know, like it wasn't like she was shoving it down his throat. Like you need to be with me. She was just happy to be with him, you know, and obviously he loved her back. Whereas Martha is like constantly jealous of Rose and like making these comments and like forcing him into corners about confronting his feelings for her. And I'm like, stop. That's not what this is about. It's not about you. So, yeah, I don't like Martha. All the other ones I love. Amy and Rory, I also love. So much, so much. But ultimately, the doctor has to leave every single one of them, even though he grows close to them and loves them and is with them for years, like probably more than we see on screen, years. He knows he can't be with them forever because they age normally and have normal lives and he doesn't. So he has to teach them as much as he can use his time wisely and then trust that they're going to do good things without him, which they do. Rose, doesn't she work for Torchwood in her alternate universe? Maybe. 
It sounds right. It's been a while since I've watched any Rose episodes. For sure. But here's, I think, where I'm more okay with Martha as well, is when we see her again after she's stopped traveling with the doctor, is she has, like, come into her own. She's okay being her own person without the doctor and is actually pretty badass. Oh, 100%. 100%. I think she definitely grows as a character but at the beginning like you're just like shut up (laughs) also ironically some of my very favorite episodes are during her seasons even though she's like my least favorite companion but yeah her and mickey go on to be i don't know what they're in either they're fighting aliens (laughs) together yeah and mickey was annoying too then the two of them together i'm like i can see this this i'm okay with annoying soulmates I love it (laughs) I love Mickey though (laughs) he's just so funny I'm trying to think so Donna loses her memory so spoilers okay that was a spoiler sorry everyone um so she doesn't really go on to do much but her grandpa Wilf who is probably the best character of the whole show (laughs) like remembers the doctor and like thinks good thoughts of him for on Donna's behalf and um, watches over her. And so I think just in the wake of the doctor, everyone that he's like come in contact with has been positively affected by him. Even if like something bad happens to them, they get injured or separated from family or their life is completely changed. I think they wouldn't change it because they loved their time with him and were positively affected by him. So, yeah. Okay. For the last ones, we're going to do specific instances from each of the doctors. So we're going to start with nine played by the amazing Christopher Eccleston, who was my first favorite doctor. (laughs) (laughs) And let's see his personality is more like sarcastic. What's interesting is, so it's the same person for all of these iterations of the doctor, but they each have their own kind of personality quirks and like outfit choices and TARDIS decorations and sonic screwdriver. Like all of it is just slightly different, but you can still tell at the core, they're the same person. Um, So nine is very matter of fact, sarcastic, not very emotional. He wears a leather jacket He's just kind of the tough guy, I guess. And from the very first moment, this is the one I'm talking about. From his very first moment, first time we see the doctor in New Who, which started in 2005, is he grabs Rose's hand and says, run. She doesn't know what's happening. He's just trying to protect her because she showed up in the wrong place at the wrong time. And she just chooses to grab his hand and trust him and run because something bad is happening. And I think a lot of us can experience this with Jesus in our own lives is we often don't know what's happening, whether it's good and he's leading us to something or if it's bad and he's leading us away from something, but we just have to like trust, grab his hand and run with him. Yeah. I think this is definitely something I've been experiencing in my own faith more and more in recent years is there's been a lot of hard things going on and it's 
been difficult at times to hold on to faith. But in those times, I know that God is the one holding on to me. And it sounds kind of cheesy to say it that way, but it's true. Yeah. It's not always a grabbing my hand and saying run. Sometimes it's just sitting with me and holding my hand in the hard, sorrowful moments. But yeah, yeah, 100%. And I think when we're in the midst of these like low times, we can forget like all the times before that he has grabbed our hand and led us to where we needed to go. And then when he does pull us out of it, we're like, oh, why did I doubt? Like he's done this a million times. He always comes through, whether it is, yeah, grabbing our hand and saying run or just sitting with us or any, anything leading us to something, leading us away from something like he's ever present. He's constantly with us and we should not be surprised. (laughs) And yet we are because we're human. Yeah. So yeah, nine's pretty awesome, but he only has one season. Sadness. Okay. So number seven, which is confusing because I'm saying seven, but we're talking about doctor number 10, but it's fine. (laughs) 10 probably has the saddest death of any of them. Would you agree? I'm trying to remember all of them. For doctors, I probably, yeah. Yeah, doctor deaths, for sure. Yeah. So 10 lasted three years in human time. (laughs) (laughs) I should say. He actually has a pretty short run in doctor time. But 10 is the one who fell in love with Rose. 10 was the one with Donna and her grandfather, Wilf. And he just had all sorts of amazing companions throughout the, his like run. And at the end of his run, he is going up against aforementioned master. And there's some sort of, you might need to help me describe this uh, contraption that leads to his demise. (laughs) So basically it's like holding in radiation or something. Do you remember? I do not remember the specifics of this one. I just, I know what it looks like. Yeah. And I know what happens. Exactly. exactly. And I'm like, why does that happen? Oh, but even before we get to this, (laughs) there's all this foreshadowing for at least a season, maybe longer about like how the four knocks will be like the end of the doctor. And you keep hearing like all throughout his last season. And we never know what those four knocks, like, what does that mean? What does that mean? Well, then we get to this last episode and there's this contraption where there's like two glass boxes and they're connected somehow. And one is open and the other is closed and they can't both be open for some reason. I think it has something to do with radiation. I should call in Colton to explain it, but (laughs) anyway. I should have done more research before we did this, but the point is there was a man, like innocent bystander man stuck in the box, one of the boxes as crap went down, like a ship was like crashing in. There was like explosions, fire, gunshot, like nonsense. And so he was like, help, help, let me out, let me out. 
And Wilf, good old Wilf, good granddaddy Wilf, who never killed anyone when he was in the war, but has this little pistol with him just in case. And the doctor won't take it because obviously he uses a screwdriver, not a weapon. Wilf goes to put himself in the other box so that this innocent bystander man can get out. So Wilf goes to the box, closes the door and opens the door, the other door for the other guy. I'm going to have to post like a picture of this on my Instagram so y'all can visualize this. So he's in there for the rest of the scene. The rest of the scene plays out between the doctor and the master and things kind of settle. The master gets defeated. Everything's fine. And the doctor kind of takes a breath like, oh, we survived it. Like, I thought we were going to die. That was crazy. And then you hear in the background. And the doctor like makes his face and turns around and it's Wilf stuck in this box and you're like oh my gosh so the doctor has to decide either I let this poor innocent cute little grandpa guy die for me or I go into the other box close the door let him out so he can live and then I he then has to take all the radiation in order to get out of his own box. That's like the deal with this contraption. And it is the most heart-wrenching thing. Like you're just sitting there like, oh my gosh, because it's the doctor. Like, obviously he's going to help Wilf because he cares about humans in general, but also this particular human, he loves this human. But for a split second, he's like doubting it. He says something like, Oh, of course, like, I don't remember the exact line, but he's like, really, this is how it, like, for you, like, you compared to me, like, he kind of makes this comment, and you're like, whoa, that's almost non-doctor, like, he's being a little iffy, but then you know, deep down in his heart, he's going to take it, he's just a little upset that his life is ending so short, and I think we see a moment with this with Jesus in the garden of uh, Gethsemane, when he asked God to take his cup. Like, even though Jesus knew he needed to die for our sins to save all of humanity, and that's something he wanted to do because he loved us, there was that moment where he knew this is going to be bad. And he asked, what, Father, will you take this cup from me? But he still knew, like, this is what I need to do. And it's just like, ah, oh, my gosh. Yeah. I don't know. Even like just hearing you describe it, my heart is like sinking and I have like a knot in my stomach. I'm like, no, I do not want this to happen. Yeah. Because we know as audience members, how important the doctor is. And we know reading the Bible, like how important Jesus is, like, how could they do this? How could he lay down his life for an innocent like not innocent in our case. No, we're not innocent. (laughs) Uh, We don't deserve it at all when he is so great, but he loves us. And this was the plan all along. Like this is what needs to happen in order for us to be together forever. (sighs) Anyway. So the doctor steps in his glass box. He lets Wilf out. He takes all the radiation and obviously he's like, superhuman time lord type thing so he somehow like pushes off his death just a little bit so he can go say goodbye to all of his friends oh my gosh it is it is horrible it is horrible 
but so great. Anyway. Okay, number eight is for Dr. Eleven. And this is a quote you might see again. I should have probably Googled these things. Um, okay, let's just see if you know it before I go down the Google rabbit hole. Um, Eleven says, in 900 years of time and space, I've never met anyone unimportant. That's a good one. You know what episode oh, I can, this is from? I can picture it in my head. I don't know the name off the top of my head, though. Oh, it's the Christmas episode with uh, Dumbledore. <laughs> <laughs> and there's that woman, like, trapped in the ice or something. It's the Christmas Carol episode. And he points oh, to... He points to the girl stuck in the like freezer thing. The doctor says, who's she? And the guy says, nobody important. And he says, nobody important? Blimey, that's amazing. You know that in 900 years of time and space, I've never met anyone who wasn't important, which is just so great. Because obviously there are billions of people on the earth today. And that's just today there's been thousands of years before this of people living and somehow god loves every single one of us like we're just one person which is hard to fathom for sure i love it i of course i don't know what the exact verse is but there's a verse talk talking about how god delights over us and i just love that like not just that he cares for us or watches over us, but that he like actually enjoys us. And yeah, we're all important. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I'm reading this devotional right now. And, uh, the one for Monday said something like, uh, you know, not everything in this world has a quote unquote purpose. Sometimes it's just beautiful and God enjoys beauty and, that's still important to him. And so not saying like, oh, we don't all have a purpose. We're just here to look good. But (laughs) saying that like, you don't have to do anything significant. You don't have to make a mark on the world or anything. You can just be you and God still loves you and thinks you're precious and thinks you're beautiful and thinks you're important. Like you personally, your name, which is just crazy, crazy. I just think that the doctor portrays this so well. Like for those who haven't seen the show, you need to watch it because it will like break your heart over and over. Like seeing Jesus in this character. It is insane. I'm not sitting here crying yet. Yeah. We're about to (laughs) in this next one. Get ready. Okay. So before we get to the number nine, which is obviously about the 12th doctor, we need to discuss why the 12th doctor is our favorite doctor. So first of all, I I started uh, describing personality with nine and I kind of gave up on 10 and 11. 10 and 11 are a little more goofy. I feel 11 for sure is more like he starts off his character eating fish fingers and custard, which is just ridiculous and hanging out with a little girl. So he's kind of acting like a like a kid. He's all arms and legs. (laughs) It's true. Although I have seen them being described as opposite where Chris Eccleston comes across as serious, but in the serious moments will like pull out a banana. 
And uh, Matt Smith is just goofy and silly all the time, but in the serious moments will probably threaten to kill you. That is true. I was going to say there's something underlying in 11 where he has seen enough crap that he kind of stops taking it. So like the doctor, even though he is genuinely like good character, like he does not stand for evil, which hello, that is Jesus as well. Um, But 12. So all the other ones, it took me a few episodes to get used to them because I had fallen in love with the doctor before. 12, I love from his first episode. He is everything good with the world. Peter Capaldi is just, I love him. He's a little bit, I think he's the oldest actor out of all the doctors. He's definitely more serious, stern. He's kind of like nine and where he's not very emotional, but he has like his funny moments, I guess, but he's all eyebrows. And I love him. Like even uh, Clara has to like remind him, like she gives him note cards for how to like be nice. <laughs> and he's got sonic sunglasses instead of a sonic screwdriver. And he plays guitar. He like comes in on a tank playing guitar. You're like, oh my gosh, he's okay. the coolest. <laughs> anyway, so this moment's about 12. This is the moment you were talking about in the devotional. And so I want you to discuss it. Okay. So, yes, I guess I just talk about this moment all of the time because you said that I talked about it in a Nerd of Godcast Daily Devo. And I was also um, published writing about it in Thy Geekdom Come Volume 2. Oh, yeah. So I just talk about it all the time. It's probably my favorite scene in all of Doctor Who, in that it is probably in the top 10 scenes that have made me cry the hardest. Mm. Um, okay, so. Seriously, when I heard you, myself. <laughs> when I heard you on the podcast, I cried like in my car on the way to work. I couldn't even help it. <laughs> we can do it. We can do it. Okay, we're going to get through this yes. together. <laughs> okay, so. 12 and Clara have a super close relationship. I think obviously all of the doctors and companions have had close relationships before, and they've all been like their own unique kind of relationships. But 12 and Clara are just so, they get me. 12 always talks about his duty of care. And like, he just he has to care for Clara because he has to. And so Clara's been traveling with the doctor for quite a while and also trying to carry on her life at home. And she's, she's an English teacher and she's been dating the maths and PE teacher. I think he's both. Yeah. He's like a coach. Yeah. Of some sort. Yeah. So they've been dating and he thinks the doctor's bad for her and like didn't want her traveling with him anymore. And she said she didn't, but then continued to do so anyway. And so that has caused some drama there. And she decides she's going to tell him the truth. And in that moment, as she is talking to her boyfriend on the phone, he is hit by a car 
and dies. And this is obviously a, a horrible moment for Clara. And she just has no idea how to cope with it. And having traveled with the doctor, she knows there are certain rules that he has surrounding time travel, but she also has probably seen him break the rules once or twice. And she, I think in that moment, she's so scared that the doctor is going to say no to helping her that she just takes matters into her own hand and you see her she has tricked the doctor and put him to sleep with this like patch on his neck kind of and taken the TARDIS to a volcano and she one by one throws each of the TARDIS keys into the volcano demanding that he help her bring Danny back and it's so heartbreaking she's so upset and then eventually we realize that while she thought she was tricking the doctor he actually was the one who put her to sleep and this was more of a simulation and he just kind of wanted to see what she would do and she breaks down thinking there's no possible way he could help her now or even continue to be her friend and he says he will help her because even though she betrayed him, he still cares for her. Yeah. Yeah. It is the most like heart wrenching because we don't know she's asleep. We think, first of all, we think she's throwing TARDIS keys into the volcano. And so we're like, oh my gosh, they're going to be stuck here. But he's just kind of letting her. Like he's letting her feel her feelings and get all of her yelling and crying out at him. Like she is pissed. (laughs) And I mean, her boyfriend just died. So obviously like she's going through this and he's just letting her, he's just taking it like no matter what's going to happen. And then when she wakes up and realizes, obviously she's like instantly regretting because she didn't see the big picture like we often like we don't know god's big picture we don't know what he's doing behind the scenes and so she's like how how could you still want to help me after i betrayed you and his line gets me every time when he says why would you think you betraying me would make a difference like (laughs) because we suck we fail and sin and fall short every single day even if we're like good solid Christians trying to repent and like walk the straight and narrow, like we can't, we are flawed and we let God down all the time, but that doesn't make a difference. He still loves us and he still wants to help us. Even when we're throwing his TARDIS keys at the volcano and trying to take things into our own hands, like, oh my gosh, like it is impossible to fathom that kind of love is impossible so yeah that's why 12 is our favorite doctor (laughs) (laughs) amongst many other things obviously but yeah okay number 10 is 13 which i've only seen 13 seasons like once 
So I'm not as familiar. And by the way, 13 is a female doctor. Crazy. Big controversy there. But she's actually really good. And she even makes a comment. I don't remember what episode it was, but some evil alien species, I don't remember, was trying to quote Old Testament to her, like about wrath and something. And she said, yeah, there's a sequel. Its summary is love thy neighbor. Like you should check it out. (laughs) It's like, (laughs) yeah, that's so true. The doctor reads the Bible. Confirmed. (laughs) Anyway, but you helped me come up with this one as well. The doctor has three companions when she's 13. Yeah. When she first starts. Yeah. Yeah. And one of them is Ryan and he has some sort of disability where he can't like run or what is he can't ride a bike. Is it a bike? Yeah. He has a balance disorder. I forget what the name is, but yeah, some sort of disorder where he's, he has difficulties balancing his body. So like anything at a speed. Uh, dyspraxia. Yes. The coordination difference that impacts his motor skills. So yeah, balance for sure. And like her, it starts with him like trying to ride a bike and failing and being discouraged, but the doctor doesn't let that affect him being a companion. Like doesn't let it identify him. That is not the most important thing about you. Um, it doesn't disqualify you from traveling with me. And it's not like we're going to like, oh, cover it up. Like it doesn't exist. Like it's a part of you and I love you. I want you to be my companion with like flaws included, you know? Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. I think with the first doctor grabbing your hand and saying, run, you kind of expect the doctor to always choose able-bodied people. And so that's, I think it was so important that we got to see Ryan and that the doctor didn't think that that would disqualify him from being a companion in any way. She was just like, okay, that's, that's a thing that you deal with. Are you coming or are you not? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And the other uh, companions that she had were older too. Most of the other ones were younger, like in their twenties, Donna was maybe a little older, but these are like grandparents, right? Aren't they Ryan's grandparents? Yeah. His grandma was only in that first episode and then his like adopted grandpa. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. Um, so she's like, yeah, come along. <laughs> Anyone and everyone is welcome at the table. Welcome in the TARDIS. So, yeah, it's pretty great. Okay, number 11. This one is like, this is not about a specific doctor, but it is a specific moment, which every time I see it, I'm like, how can, how can you not draw the connection between Jesus and the doctor in this episode? So it's a Martha episode. I told you, I don't... <laughs> don't like Martha very much but she's got some of the best episodes it's I think it's near the end of her season it's hard they they run together but it's when the master has taken over and a completely different time from the time that 
10 uh, died. So this is an earlier season of 10 master has him held hostage and he is like unable to do anything. And he's held hostage on this spaceship and things have gone to hell real quickly on earth. And the master pretty much has a dictatorship and it's horrible. And the doctor kind of whispers something in Martha's ear and Martha like takes off and she starts traveling the world, like basically on foot and under the guise of she's like collecting parts for this weapon, this like very fancy alien weapon that's going to take the master down. And she's like, got to go all around the globe to assemble the parts of this weapon. And then she's going to come back and help the doctor defeat the master. But at the end, she reveals that's not really what she's been doing. Like, obviously, the doctor does not use violence or weapons. Why would he send her to go assemble a weapon? He's there to help people. He's got his screwdriver. And so what she was really doing is just traveling the world, telling stories about the doctor, like telling about her experience with him and all that he's done to save Earth that people didn't even realize. And she would like gather people like in these little homes, like in groups. And she just sit them all down and tell them the story of the doctor and told them all at the same time at the, on the same day to say the word doctor and think the word doctor. And that had some obvious magical effect on these like brain drones that the master was using. Anyway, it's this whole thing, but that is like, Martha spreading the good news. Like that's exactly what we are called to do as Christians, like great commission, go out and make disciples of all nations, like go and gather in your homes and just tell people what Jesus has done in your life. And you will not believe the impact it will have like way more than any like earthly weapon or anything that could possibly be going on in the world. Obviously we're dealing with some real nonsense right now but nothing is more powerful than jesus and the story of his life and death and resurrection yeah and i think it doesn't have to be like some scary evangelism thing either like when martha was going around she wasn't telling everyone the facts of like time lords and the doctor's personal history and all this stuff like she was just telling her story of her time with the doctor and I don't know as storytellers yeah it's exciting to see the power of story in that kind of dramatic way but it's so powerful oh yeah oh yeah because no one can argue with what has happened in your life like they could argue the bible they can argue facts left and right but they can't deny your personal story that you were telling them about what Jesus has done in your life. And also like, this is not an expectation that all of us have to walk the globe on foot (laughs) telling the story. But as we go throughout our lives, when we have the opportunity to share the good news, like we should without hesitation, because we know that that story, our story, God's story is the most powerful thing that there is. And it's already been written and we know how it's going to end and that's it. It's going to defeat any earthly weapon ever imaginable. So, <sighs> okay. That was Dr. Who in a nutshell. <laughs> it's 
kind of all over the place, but y'all get the gist of the amazing doctor and how he relates to, to Jesus. And yeah. Is there anything else that we missed that you'd like to discuss? Any other moments that reminded you of Jesus while watching? I don't know. My mind is suddenly blank. And I'm like, I've never watched an episode of Dr. Hall in my life. <laughs> I know. Like, oh, well, talking about all this means probably time for a rewatch. Yes. So I did one not too long ago. <laughs> well, uh, before we go, you have to tell the story of how you freaking met the doctor. Are you kidding me? Not fair. Need to know the story. All right. Well, yes, I've had a lot of the doctors and companions come to local cons. So I do have pictures with Clara and 10, 11, and 12. Wait, 10, 11, and 12? I thought it was just 12. No, I got an autograph from 12, but I have pictures with all of them. Oh my gosh. I'm so. I was going to have nine, but then he had to cancel. Oh, you almost had the full set. Yes. Oh my gosh. That's awesome. Okay. Sorry. Continue. But yeah. I, so my first one was with Clara and I went and also got an autograph from Jenna Coleman, but was too scared to say anything to her, (laughs) which was like so disappointing because I, I am Clara and like, she's my favorite and I just relate to her so much and I couldn't say a single word to her. She's just like, are you having fun? I'm like, yep. (laughs) That would be me. We always think that we're going to be cool. When we meet celebrities, like we're going to be those ones that are so cool and we're yeah. not, we're never going to be. <laughs> I was so freaked out. Oh man, it was bad. But then 12 was coming and I was like, okay, I'm prepared. I'm going to like figure out my speech ahead of time and I'm just going to say it. And then I did. And it sounded probably like really aggressive, crazy word vomit. And <laughs> was just like you and Clara mean so much to me and it just like I am Clara and it made me realize that the doctor would choose me and he's like yeah you know what I think the doctor would choose you too and I was like (gasps) I would burst into tears like there are a few celebrities I think I would like cry if I met them and I think Peter Capaldi is one of them. 100%. Yeah. I think I held it together in front of him, but I was, I was a mess. Oh Oh, man. Oh my gosh. It was amazing. But then you got to meet David Tennant and Matt Smith too. Yes. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I didn't get their autograph, so I didn't talk to them at all, but we did go and watch. They had a panel together, which was really fun. Oh, that is fun. That's so great. All the cons near me. So I'm in like middle of nowhere, Texas right now. And uh, we have a local Comic-Con coming up in like a couple weeks. Biggest name that's going to be there. I don't even know her name, but she voices Dolores in Encanto. Okay. So watch out, world. I could meet Dolores. (laughs) I do like Dolores she yeah oh there's lots there's lots good about Dolores but it's just funny that that's the biggest name they got they had a few years ago uh Patrice from How I Met Your Mother 
Patrice. Yep. Poor Patrice. I imagine she just gets yelled at like the whole day. <laughs> oh, probably. Nobody asked you, you, Patrice. <laughs> I'm sure she's do it by now. <laughs> I'm trying to think who was the most famous person I met at a Comic Con. I, well, at LeakyCon, which is the Harry Potter Comic Con, I was like in the presence of Tom Felton. So that was a big deal. I didn't get to like meet him or take his picture, but I got to meet some of the people in a very Potter musical. Are you into that at all? Can you believe I have never seen it? I like know all about it because people talk about it all the time, but I was not allowed to read Doctor Who. So I didn't get into it till college. Ah. So I'm not up with all the that is totally, totally that fine. kind of stuff. I didn't really get into it until college either. But when I first found out Harry Potter musical existed, I was obsessed. So I got to meet some of those, which was great. And then at a local con, which actually my husband and I went dressed as Amy and Eleven to that con, I got to meet one of the bullies from the Little Rascals movie. <laughs> and oh, I was man. super excited about it. <laughs> I love it. Yeah, I was, I was obsessed with that movie. Me too. I could probably quote the whole thing. <laughs> oh, so yeah, I got to meet that guy. <laughs> not quite, not quite David Tennant, but you know, I'm working my way up slowly. <laughs> yeah. <sighs> okay. Well, thank you so much for being on this episode. Love getting to talk about Doctor Who. Love that we got connected via Doctor Who on the interwebs so where can everybody find you if they want to find you and all of your faith and fandom goodness on social media yes you can check out my blog at the hootandhowl.com you can find me on instagram at hootandhowltales that's t-a-l-e-s or twitter at the hootandhowl perfect thank you so much we're gonna have to have you on again for some other nerdy thing in the future i'm sure we'll we'll think of it (laughs) Ah, yes. Thank you for having me. Of course. Thanks for joining me for 11Zs. If you liked what you heard, please leave a review, subscribe, tune in each Thursday, and tell your friends. You can connect with me on Instagram and Twitter at kdsubcreations, and check out my blog and other free content at the link in the description. Now go where you must go and hope.